This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. From fresh drama on Saturday to the same old mistakes creeping in during midweek, nothing's ever smooth in the world of Mansfield Town. It's another double header this week as Newport to the visitors to the One Court Stadium on Saturday before the first away trip of the season in midweek as the Stags head to Colchester and fans navigate their complex ticketing system. Nigel Clough will be hoping his side got their mistakes out of their system during Tuesday's 3-0 loss against Championship Preston in the Cup where despite the errors, the Stags boss felt his players had looked to build on the opening day victory. I thought some of our stuff tonight was very, very good in team, indeed. And despite Ollie Hawkins, Danny Johnson being on the bench, we picked the team to win the game. And I thought we had enough out there to win it tonight. I actually thought we played better than Saturday at times tonight. Just that final ball, bitterly, bitterly disappointed with the first two goals we conceded. Tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast, we'll look back at the season's opening week where DJ raised the roof. Debuts just about overshadowed old errors. The under-23s enjoyed their own cup drama and Bobby the Gaffer's dog became the real star of the team, taking centre stage in the team photo. We've got lots to talk about and not only do we have a new streaming software to try and eradicate our own errors, we've got a brand new panellist. I'm delighted to say that club legend Alan Wilson sits alongside me this evening. As always, we want you to get involved in the comments and have your say on your team on the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. Good 
Good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Alongside me tonight, I've substituted Nathan Edge. And to be honest, you know, whilst I wish him all the very best with his speedy recovery, we'll more on that in a second, I am in the presence of an absolute legend here tonight. The man who you will hear every single Saturday afternoon at the Oncourse Stadium, uh, famous for his golf. Um, shout-outs and substitutions, especially last season in COVID when there was nobody else in the ground. But still, Billy the Cockapoo always made us chuckle. I'm delighted to be joined by Mr. Alan Wilson. Alan, good evening. How are you? Good evening. I'm very well, thank you. How's yourself? Very well. Thank you so much for agreeing uh, to do this and stepping in uh, for Mr. Nathan Edge tonight. Nathan, unfortunately, um, has contracted COVID-19, so is uh, unable to join us at the moment. Uh, why, uh, you know, do you know what this? I tried to make this so professional, and then you get morons in the background shouting away. Uh, speaking of people on the podcast who, of course, were substituted in, let's uh, hand over now. Let's switch over um, and say a very good evening to uh, the one and only Mr. Clive Parkin, who, um, of course, was substituted in uh, for Cam last week and has since joined us as a regular fixture. Clive, good evening. How are you? Uh, good evening, Craig. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, Clive. Craig, we're in illustrious company tonight. We <laughs> absolutely uh, certainly are. It's an absolute honour uh, to have Mr Wilson with us. Um, and I know um, as well um, that you might face certain questions. And one's just, popped, one's just popped up. Don't blame the man. Blame the tools is what I'll say. Any questions you want to ask about stags in general, then, uh, of course, feel free to get them in and we'll read them out uh, later on. So I might as well ask it for early doors. But Roy's been in touch, uh, Mr Wilson. He says, what's happening with the PA? It's it's not been very good. I think that's more the equipment than the man who's behind the man. Well, well, I hope so. Yeah, I hope they don't blame me. But uh, they are looking into it. I've been promised uh, sincerely that it is being looked at. On the first day of the season, the, the sound technicians were there and they're trying to sort out the faults. I think the main fault is up in the uh, Ian Greaves upper stand, I think. But they're trying to sort it out and I have been promised it will get better. I mean, if that doesn't work, Clive, we can always just chip in and buy him a megaphone, can't we? Of course we can. Or get some flags. <laughs> I think it would work. Either, either way around, it would work. Uh, as always, we want you guys to get involved in the comments and have your say on your team. Uh, please feel free to do so. Hopefully tonight we are not just streaming on our Facebook page, but we're also on Twitter and on YouTube uh, as well, thanks to our brand new uh, streaming software, which means we can do lots of uh, uh, different things. Um, I'm going to jump straight to you, Clive, first and foremost, of course, um, Preston on Tuesday night, uh, a, uh, a victory uh, for them, knocking us out of the competition. Uh, what did you make of it? It's an interesting match in many ways. I, I think they well deserve their victory. The class showed towards the second half of the game. I, uh, Ironically, we had about an hour, um, some silly mistakes. Uh, um, I thought their class showed, and I have to say that Ben won the game. I remember his uh, short tenure with us on loan. Um, what would we give to have someone like that in the side at the moment? But I think 3-0 flattered them, um, and I think there was plenty of good things to come out of it. But we missed our strike force, and we strengthened the back four with Perth not being there. 
Yeah, James Percher, a massive loss uh, for us, Alan, as well. Obviously, uh, a good commanding centre-half. You'll have seen it most more uh, last season. We'll come on to that later on. But uh, I'm interested to know your, your thoughts on that because we've been quite vocal uh, on the podcast in recent weeks in terms of saying where we're like. We've still got a couple of weeks left of the transfer window. Nigel Clough really does need to bring in that centre-half, doesn't he? Well, I think it sounds as though he's doing his best to do so, Craig. But uh, like you said, you know, they did miss Perch. And... Well, I'm a big believer, personally. I don't, you know, Nigel's got his reasons. I understand the reasons why, you know, other, t- other team members played on Tuesday night. But I always like to see the strongest team possible whenever, wherever. Yeah, com- completely agree with that. I mean, I wasn't too disappointed in terms of uh, going out of the competition. But I, no. I just think we should have taken our chances first off because right up to that first goal for, for Preston, we were completely bossing the game and I think again it's those little moments of errors where you know we've let ourselves we let ourselves down with it last season and I, I'm just glad that it was a cup game which meant nothing I'd rather do it on Tuesday make those errors on Tuesday than do that against Newport on Saturday totally agree with that but what was frustrating for me is each time we got either down the right or the left the amount of crosses that just went sailing over people you know, then there was nobody there at the back post where probably Ollie Hawkins might have been. Yeah, absolutely. A good acquisition as well is Ollie Hawkins. Uh, Clive, we're going to come back to you um, for a second. Obviously, on, on Tuesday, we were knocked out of the cup. But I guess like we've just been saying there, isn't it? it it's that case of much rather make those errors and make those mistakes in a cup game where it doesn't cost us anything, doesn't hurt us, than make those in League Two. And again... It's always amplified with the fact that they're a championship outfit because in League Two, you give the ball away like that. Nine times out of ten, they probably don't score. Whereas in the championship, as was proved on Tuesday, they do. Yeah, I mean, we should be disappointed to lose and to lose by three goals to nil. Um, That doesn't actually um, fill you with a great deal of confidence. Having said that, as you said, if we're going to lose a game, let it be one of the games that don't really matter. Um, I'm also a firm believer in... uh, momentum and if we'd have won against Preston that added would have added momentum to the uh, the team going into Saturday's match so I think it's two schools of thought here one says really didn't matter it could be uh, an exercise of learning I'm sure it was that anyway uh, and the other says well actually much better to keep uh, a winning streak going and at the moment our winning streak is one game Keep your comments coming in and have your say on your team. Where do you want to hear from you tonight? Let us know where you're watching from, whether you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, that sort of thing. Uh, let us know where you're watching. Uh, Mark says, evening. Um, uh, Roy says, what's happening with the scoreboard? Sorry, Alan, I know it's not your fault. You do it. This is just the PA announcement. He turns up as a volunteer <laughs> on a Saturday or a Tuesday. Doesn't run the intricacies of the club. But what is happening with the scoreboard? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, have, I have honestly no idea. There you go. That's genuinely. Uh, that's genuinely. I think um, it, it's. Uh... I would imagine from what wasn't it on David Sharp's Twitter. I mean, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not clever enough. But if I, I think I do believe I've heard through the grapevine that it was on David Sharp's Twitter that there a new scoreboard is imminent. It's on its way. Um, Clive, have you got your bits of um, bits of paper and your uh, your metal scorecards ready from? When you were a wee lads doing it in the uh, in the Coralina. Oh, listen! You know exactly what to put what to push with me. Nostalgia all the way. I remember the old scoreboard at the back of the old cop end, which is where the Coralina stand is, and it was a box which young people were employed to put uh, metal numbers up against the windows. <laughs> and of course, you got a free view of the game from up there. And it was a good position to watch the game from. 
Um, but you had to remember to put the scores up the wrong way round because obviously they read left to right from inside the box and right to left from outside the box. The number of times we gave people a half-time lead when they were losing. <laughs> but nobody, nobody noticed. Happy nobody days. cared. <laughs> Happy days indeed. Uh, Nathan says, Welcome, Alan. Can't believe I've been replaced so soon. At least a legend is in my place. Although, how many England caps have you had? England caps yeah. have I had. Nathan dines out on the fact that he's played for England blind team. Oh, so of course, yeah. yeah. Always, oh, England caps have you had? So. <laughs> no, Brett. Just tell him I did score when I played for Mansfield Walking Football at uh, St George's Park. Park. Yes, they can never take that off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul says uh, Alan surprisingly dad, so he's used to making his voice heard. Absolutely. Uh, keep your comments coming in. Let us know your thoughts on uh, the recent games, that sort of thing. Anything stags related you want to uh, to uh, to chat about? Then uh, feel free to let us know. Uh, whilst you're with us, Mr. Wilson, I think it'd be a a good idea um, to you know get to know you a little bit, get to know your story a little bit, because many supporters up and down the generations will know your voice, of course, as the man on behind the PA. Tell us a little bit more about how you got into it and uh, and what keeps you coming back. Isn't this it's not your 32nd season? 33rd. 33rd yeah. season now. Wow. It was the right place at the right time, Craig. A gentleman used to, I do believe his name was Brian Baker, and he used to be a friend of my dad's. And I used to stand right at the back of the West Stand underneath the big concrete wall. And he popped his head over and he said, do you know something now? And he said, do you know anybody who would like to do this job? He says, because we've got a second child on the way. He said, I want to get to Old Trafford a little bit more than I do now. And he said, you know, I'm just, it's finding a bit too much to fit it all in. I said, no, anybody. I said, I would love to do it. So what he did, he took me up through the director's box, as it was at that time. I can't remember the name of the gentleman, John somebody. He was the commercial manager. And he said, do two announcements in the second half, which I did. He said, job's yours if you want it. And I've done it ever since. Clive, what's your memories of uh, Mr. Wilson down the years on the old, uh, on the PA? I mean, for me, I'll always remember the Alan Marriott goal, which which stood oh, out. Yeah. I think that the genuine <laughs> shock in your voice was class. What about you, Clive? Yeah. You got any memories of uh, Mr. Wilson's PA shouting days? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, you can't keep enthusiasm out of his voice. Uh, and before everything else is a Stags fan. So and occasionally he's going to behave a little bit unprofessionally because he's excited. Now, as he gets older, he's got karma and he's, he's old, like me. Uh, and we're both members of the walking football fraternity. Yeah. Um, but Alan's been a servant to the club for so long that it's hard to imagine going to a match there when he's not there. Um, and, uh, we, you know, it, there aren't many clubs around the, the country that have got servants with as much service in as Alan has got. Yeah, completely agree with that. I mean, it, it's one of those, isn't it, where you just, do you ever see yourself not doing it? I can't imagine you not doing it. I always say to my wife, and my wife agreed, that uh, eventually I would imagine there'll be a younger person who they want to front, to front the club. And I will be devastated if that happens. You know, if I if I get to retire myself or say, you know, I've had enough or whatever, fair comment. But if I ever get replaced, I'd be heartbroken. I really I, would. I genuinely think, Clive, I don't know about you, I genuinely think that there will be absolute outrage if that happens. <laughs> absolute outrage. Well, I'm hoping it won't. <laughs> if they sack him, it'd be like killing Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't Thank know. you, Claire. There you go. It'd be absolutely heartbreaking for all. Uh, let's turn our attention to footballing matters then. In fact, no, I'm gonna, I will do, we'll come to that in a second. Um, we've said our favourite memories. It's only fair to um, give you yours. Um, have you got a, a, a favourite either player that, that whose name you like to shout or a favourite memory if you tell oh, well, any funny the, stories, that sort of thing? There's two things that stick in my mind. First of all, Louis Briscoe, when I used to do the Louis Briscoe one, we did a, after the uh, end of season dinner dance, he came out and he shook my hand and he says, I really enjoy you doing that and so does my mum and dad, which, you know, I, I was quite pleased with. And the other one was when it was uh, probably two years ago when we played Sheffield United in the... Uh, friendly and they bought all those subs on and nobody had got numbers on the shirts and I just said those five that's come on have replaced them five that's come on. I remember that. Do you remember that Clive? I mean he had to battle gamely with his microphone in the pre-season games this year. I mean at one point they had 11 substitutes in in three minutes. Yeah we keep we do as best. What but, goes through your mind when 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 all of that happens? I mean, it's difficult enough to see from from where your PA box is anyway. I know there's been quite a few times yeah. where you've sort of popped your head around and said, "Who scored yeah. that?" It can be quite yeah. it's quite a the, difficult view, actually, isn't it? The good thing about it is, I will and I will mention his name. It was going to be my future son-in-law, Kieran. He is an absolute godsend because if there's anything I don't get, he does. You know, we we just work, we bounce. We, you know, like. Apple pie and custard, you know what I mean. Yeah. We just we just work together so well, and he is my is my right hand man, and I, I couldn't do it without him because he does the music while I'm on the pitch. But anything I miss, he doesn't, and vice versa. What's it like being on on the pitch before oh. a game? I mean, you've got, for example, let's let's talk about Saturday, because you had six and a half thousand fans in there for the first time in you know five hundred and forty days. Mm. That must be so difficult to try and keep your emotions in check and, and it, make yourself heard over the noise because you don't that's, have headphones, head right. you don't have ears no, or anything. No, no, it's just that I know full well that when the crowd's making, at the moment how the tannoy is, when they're making the noise, they're not going to hear me anyway. You know, so I just I just carry on doing my spill and do what I've got to do. It was the same as when Richard C. Bauer came down. He says, they can't hear me. But when you watched it back through the video that somebody had done on Facebook, mm. you could hear him, you know, which was pleasant for him. But, yeah, it, it it's just my job, Craig. I love it. I love it to bits. And you know what? I think we. I think I can say this for everyone, Clive, that we love that that's part, that was part of the, the match day uh, thing, which we missed. Uh, yes, I mean, there's lots of things that can, that make up a, a football match, and we we tend to take some of them for granted. And um, we, we used to take people in the crowd for granted before the pandemic hit us. And then it makes you look at the other things that we've always taken for granted. And good PA is one of those things. Uh, and certainly, I agree with some of the people who have made comment. The, the PA quality is not very good of it in the Ian Greaves upper stand. Um, I can't speak for other stands, but. We missed a lot of stuff, especially when there was more than average ground noise, which was uh, crowd noise, which is what the, was the case um, in the first game of the season and probably will continue to be the case going forward. So it's a bit of money needs spending. I'm sure the club will do it um, sooner rather than later, hopefully. It's but I, I, I just have to remember an incident a couple of years ago um, and Alan was given applauded uh, on um, Quest TV. Um, on EFL on Quest, not by name, 
This but is news to Mr. Wilson. It was a game where we played Wiccan Wanderers. And the guy says, I don't know who he is, but full credit to the Lunsfield uh, bloke. He got Adin Bellioak in Fenway out without spitting. <laughs> uh, that brings us nicely on to a question. There's lots coming in for you, Mr. Wilson. This oh. just shows how popular you are. Uh, from Nick, who says, uh, Alan, is there a player whose name you've really struggled with or do you write the players um, with the more difficult names down uh, um, phonetically? I mean, I, I, I sort of sympathise with you a little bit because when I was doing commentary, that was something that I did quite a lot or go and like Google and see how it's pronounced or listen to other interviews with them. Yeah. And I've seen you quite a few times when I used to do the mascot stuff on the pitch where you'd go over to um, one of the coaches and, and That's things right, like that. Yeah. How much, is there, is there an, a, a name that you've ever really, really struggled with? Because sometimes not, the coaches don't want to speak to you. Not only, it, it wasn't a problem, but it was Exodus, Gohegan. Yeah. And I always like to get, I always try and go to the player or whoever, you know, if I'm not sure, or Mark Stevenson, you know, doesn't say it how it should be said to me, I always go down if I can and ask them personally. And that's what I did with Exodus. And he said it was Exodus Gohegan. Yeah, Gohegan. A lot of people went uh, Geo Hagkhan. Yeah, they're all sorts, the, uh, aren't they? Yeah. Gohegan, yeah, yeah. Gohegan, yeah. What a guy he was as well. But yeah, um, I'm saying, sorry, Craig, sorry. If, I, if I do struggle, I write them down, you know, as you say them. And that's another thing that uh, Kieran does. You know, if I'm not sure of a player on their side that's, you know, had to say, straight away he'll be on his phone and he'll get the interview when he signed. Yeah. And so the gentleman tells him, you know, how to who he was uh, interviewing that time? I will find out how to do his name. Is brilliant. Yeah, it really is. That's, that's it can, it can be difficult though, Craig. Sometimes you'll you'll know you've said the name wrong. Yeah. Can you can you shift that out of your head? It's like rolling mayonnaise. <laughs> how many people call him mayonnaise? <laughs> mayonnaise. Yeah. Nathan did a lot. I mean, that, yeah. it was. A, I should have rang the bell then. But the bell was slightly too far away. I can't reach it. So. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that's, that's always a difficult many one. Many essay. Yeah, many essay. Um, uh, Roy asks, Alan, who's your favourite player you've ever seen at the Stags and manager? <sighs> that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. I would say my favourite, not this, my favourite player was, uh, I've got two. There's two really. It was Chris Greenacre and Matt Green. They're me, you know, they're my favourite. But the actual player I respect most of all was George Foster because he was a good uh, player and also, in my opinion, he was a decent manager. Yeah, absolutely. Well, slightly before my time, but his reputation yeah. definitely does... Uh, As a player, well. he would have run through a brick wall for Mansfield. Absolutely. You know, your Kevin Burge, your Sandy Fate, they're all legends. But he just sticks out, you know, for the amount of broken noses he had and things like that. Uh, another question for you, Alan. Uh, how easy is it to change uh, the goal song on match day? As I feel, Chelsea Dagger is very dated. Is that something you have control over or is it... Uh, Not normally, no. We've got another one this season, but I couldn't hear it. You know, when we scored yeah. on Saturday, I didn't have a clue what it was. Yeah. I don't know. We I'm... have got a new one this season, but I get I get given that to me. Yeah, you get given a playlist, don't you? Yes. For, well, yeah. Sorry, that's already preset for you. You just basically yeah. open the microphone and talk. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's delve into football then a little bit more. Any more questions for, for Mr. Wilson, please feel free uh, to send them in. Uh, and any comments on uh, the Stags in general as well, get them in coming into us um, as well. Uh, really want to hear your thoughts as always. Let's go all the way back to um, the Bristol Rovers game, Clive. And uh, one thing for me, um, 
is, uh, I think this was spoke about a little bit by Cam actually yesterday on Knox TV, who made a, an appearance on there. Um, and they were talking about the influence of a crowd on a referee. We'll get Alan's view in a minute because he was there in empty stadia last year. But from your perspective, how much thinking about it now, nearly a week on, did the fans have an influence on that penalty decision? Because in a normal game, in a game last season behind closed doors, that sort of thing, it would have most probably just been sort of uh, waved away. But the, the fact that the, the crowd behind it and making noise and creating an atmosphere, I think gave us the edge on Saturday. Um, I don't know. I mean, a good referee shouldn't be affected at all by the crowd. And in fact, let's be fair, we're talking about 6,000 odd people. I mean, how do you think it would be if you're playing in front of Old Trafford type crowds? It, the, the, a good referee has to be impervious to that. And I have to say that the penalty was a fairly brave decision simply because it was right at the end of the game. Um, and actually, from the, uh, from the Ian Greaves stand, there wasn't a lot of people baying for a penalty because it wasn't immediately obvious that there'd been an offence. So, I, I, full credit to the referee, he was close enough to give a decision. He didn't jump at it, he let the, uh, the foul develop, uh, and then was brave enough to give it. And I, I applaud that. In terms of um, the pressure on Danny Johnson's shoulders, though, having six odd thousand Mansfield fans all willing you to put that ball in the back of the net, that's immense pressure, isn't it? It certainly is. In your first league game as well, and, and you've been brought in as a super striker, the last thing you want to do is to miss from a free kick at tw from 12 yards away. Um, and I think the, uh, the fact that he was happy to take it says an awful lot about the lad's confidence, and that's got to be good for us going forward. Yeah, certainly so. Well, I think it's time now uh, to uh, hear from Mr Johnson himself. Let's get his views on uh, Saturday's victory over Bristol Rovers, where he was the man who stepped up and scored that last-minute spot kick. This is the views of Danny Johnson speaking to I Follow Stakes. Brilliant to have the fans back, and I think if you'd have told them that we'd go and win the first game of the season with one of the last kicks of the game, that's that's what football's about, isn't it? Those last-minute last winners, and um, obviously it's brilliant to get them get the fans back. I think we were strong throughout. Um, I think we got a lot more to give, but uh, I don't think they really troubled, it, troubled us really. Um, they had one, won the strike, which nine times out of 10 this season isn't going to happen again, but uh, we need to stop that. But like I say, we bounced back from there. The fans got behind us and we went on to get the win. We haven't had fans there for a bit. So when you come out, you get the goosebumps and um, you say it shouldn't affect you, but it probably, it, it does as a player. But once we settled down on the first 10 minutes and then we got that goal, steadied at half-time and then kicked on the second half. We wanted to get that win first game of the season and I think uh, having an extra man for the last 10-15 minutes helped and uh, when that happens, we need to make sure that we get the three points and not come away with a point because end of the season, that's what the difference is going to be. I don't think I had too many chances uh, today and um, obviously when that drops, I'm starting thinking, I expect to do better. I want to score the goals. I want to I want to be the one with the broad shoulders that stands up when those chances come and it came and I... Uh, I didn't uh, capitalise on that, um, which I was kicking myself for, but um, got the goal in the end. <laughs> I stood up against Hull and I said that I want penalties. Um, obviously, when that whistle blew, a few nerves started creeping in when you know the score and this is the last minute, this is the one that you can get the three points. And um, obviously, took myself away for a bit when they were trying to delay it and just focus on just me. And I know where I was going to put it during the week, so I've been practising during the week and uh, I put it exactly where I wanted to. That's what I want to play football for and that's what I want to stand up for and uh, be brave and take those penalties. That's Danny Johnson speaking to I Follow Stace. You can watch that interview in full and a lot, lot more in between as well by heading to mansfieldtown.net 
forward slash I follow. Alan Wilson alongside me in the Mansfield Matters HQ. Clive Parkin as well is also on the other side of town. We'll bring him back in in just a second. Uh, Alan, you were saying to me during that, you know, we were having a little chat um, during that. And you straight away mentioned the fact that, you know, he picked up the ball again, like he did against Hull. Um, like I say, really, really brave of him. But we want that in a goal scorer. We want somebody who's going to be hungry, someone who's got the desire. And most importantly, someone that's got the balls to yeah. step up and take it in those pressure moments. Definitely, because he just, he, he picked up when we, like, we were sat together at the whole city friendly. And he just picked it up straight away. There was nobody else going to get that ball. And I like that. Yeah, certainly so. It was uh, definitely uh, one to uh, uh, really show his credentials there and really, uh, you know, put himself on, on the pressure prop. Kai, I'm going to bring you back in uh, now as well. Um, I think what was an interesting thing for me as well is uh, in terms of having that sort of striker, it's so nice and refreshing to have a striker who's hungry. We saw him miss in that game three or four key chances, especially the one a couple of minutes before the penalty where it fell to him and it was easier to score. Uh, the miss, of course, he put it wide. Um, we've, see, we've seen strikers in, in bygone years who whose confidence will have dipped after that, but fair play to him. He, you know, he stood up, you know, uh, he, he kept his composure and put the ball in the back of the net. That's exactly what we want from our strikers at our club. Absolutely. I have no problem with strikers shooting and missing. I have a problem with strikers not shooting at all. And I think... Uh, if he makes enough goal-bound efforts, there's some some of them are, are going to go in, um, and the better the player, the more the higher ratio of those are going to be goals. But we had a long period, certainly last season, where our forwards were trying to walk the ball in, and I think what we needed to, is somebody to put a, a boot through it, and it certainly started to work in the last few games of last season. And and Ty Sinclair is a good example of someone who wasn't frightened of putting his foot through a ball. And I think that's the lesson for me is that we've got a couple of strikers there that really want to score and aren't frightened of making themselves look a bit daft by missing. Absolutely. Keep your comments coming in. Let us know your thoughts on the, the two new arrivals up front. Of course, Ollie Hawkins was on the score sheet as well. Neither played on Tuesday night, though, Alan. Obviously, we're, we're given a bit of a rest. Let's talk Jordan Bowery because, of course, you saw him quite often last season. Very jealous of that, by the way, that you, you were able to go to the home games. Um, <laughs> What did you make of him last season? What do you make of his chances this season? Because we've brought in Hawkins, we've brought in Oates, we've brought in Johnson, three very good strikers, which have really pushed him down the pecking order. I don't, like, like you say, I don't think he'll get much of a choice unless one of it, one or both get injured or sidelined for whatever reason. But I will say one thing about Jordan Barry. It looked a bit like leggy. In the first half of the season, but after that last year, he really came on leaps and bounds and he's got a real good turn of pace about him, you know, to take a man and he's not frightened. And I think as a bit part player this year, it might come good if he gets the service. Yeah, I think he, he's still got the potential there, Clive, hasn't he? You know, you don't become a bad striker overnight and I think he can certainly add something to... Uh, to what we've got. I think, like Alan says, though, it's just that the fact that his chances are going to be so few and far between. Yeah, I don't see him getting too many first picks this year. Um, not unless we've got injuries to the others. Um, his strength last year was very much down the left-hand side of attack mm. as well. Um, and his pace was superb when he was when he got his legs right. Um, and I, I would hate to think we didn't have that resource. Um, so I'd, I'd like to think he, he's, he's going to be a member of the squad going forward, even if he doesn't get too many 90 minutes. 
yeah, definitely a member of the, definitely going to be a member of the squad. Um, like you say, um, ninety minutes might be a bit few and far between um, for him. But we've got other cup competitions coming up. Of course, we've got the uh, uh, Papa John's Trophy at the end yeah. of the month, a trip to Harrogate. Um, the under twenty threes are in a cup competition as well. We'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. Uh, let's have a final word though, chaps, on uh, the, the Preston game. Um, obviously, disappointing to, to lose it, Alan. But um, vitally, it's minutes in the tank, and we. We came through it unscathed. And let's give uh, some positive notes. Let's first of all talk about youngster Ryan uh, Ryan Sturk. It's always difficult when there's two. You're yeah, going to get Ryan tongue twisted by that. Ryan Burke and Ryan Sturk. Yeah, yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he, you know, our strength is midfield. So when we when I saw us bring a midfielder in, um, I thought his chances might be you know few and far between um, as well. But he stepped in. And we didn't really miss Stephen Quinn too much in that no. position. He did really, really well. It looked a good acquisition, to be fair. And like I said at the start, I can understand why Nigel did it. But, you know, it's just one of those things. We're out of the tournament now that would have only played more from the way anyway. We've already been there. Yeah, I mean, I was saying to Clive, wasn't yeah. I, Clive, uh, you know, on the, on, the, on, the, on the day of the game itself, I, I sort of hoped we, we exited because I couldn't take the chance from the away game. Yeah. I hate to miss a game. I've got one half day's leave yeah. left, uh, which I'm saving for Sutton. So I wouldn't have been able to go to the Morecambe game. So I'm, in, in some ways, you know, cheers, Preston. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> There we go. Um, Clive, let's talk about Stephen McLaughlin as well, because James Perch um, was missing from the uh, the starting lineup. He was rested, as Nigel Clough um, said. We'll hear from Clough in a second. Uh, we don't have that centre-half yet that we want. I'm sure Clough will look to, to bring one in. But Stephen McLaughlin at centre-half didn't do too badly, did he? I was surprised how well he, he did play. Um, it's not his natural position, I don't think. Um, but he came in um, and he performed pretty well all the way through the game. I think where we did notice the difference is when there was the goalkeeping uh, gaff mm. uh, and there needed to be a steady head to get them yeah. the reshape quickly after the, the, the goalkeeper saved the first attempt. Um, it wasn't where he should have been and Rawson wasn't either. Uh, as a consequence, there was a pretty much an easy shoot for the Preston lad. But I think, um, uh, I think the purchase experience would have stood well in that situation. I mean, I understand why uh, Nigel Clough isn't playing Perch, and um, I think he's, he's, he's going to try and protect the lad because you never expect him to do 46 league games in a season. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, a lot depends on how well he survives these games. Um, it would be a shame to lose him to a daft injury because he's being overplayed. So I think mm. Nigel is trying to find sensible alternatives for, for that. Um, and I think that's that's true of, of other senior players. And, and clearly, he wanted to uh, rest the two strikers after the Saturday game. Um, I understand that. And I think it just illustrates the point that, in terms of priorities, the League Cup wasn't one of them. Yeah, it certainly wasn't. Uh, keep your comments coming in. Let us know your thoughts on uh, on Tuesday's game and on Saturday's game. And look ahead as well to, um, uh, to Saturday's game at home. Uh, to Newport County. First, though, uh, let's head back into the Stags dressing room and hear from the Stags manager, Nigel Clough, who uh, gave his reaction um, to that uh, 3-0 defeat at home to Preston North End. Although Clough 
wasn't too displeased with his side's performance. I actually thought we played better than Saturday at times tonight, just that final ball. Uh, but bitterly, bitterly disappointed with the first two goals we conceded. Both avoidable, both mistakes, double mistakes. And that's what changed the game. Especially the first goal in the 46th minute, we're 0-0. We've been on top. We must have had 10, 12 shots in the first half. Not worked their goalkeeper enough. And then we go and give a soft goal away. Uh, first of all, it's Kellen, then it's Ollie Clark. Uh, and you can't afford to give championship sides with ex-Premier League players that sort of opportunity. And the lack of quality for most you know, vice versa. Uh, you know, Nathan Bishop, poor kick for the second goal. Faz Rawson should deal with it. We don't. And they end up with the second goal, kills the game. Uh, but I thought some of our stuff tonight was very, very good in team, indeed. And despite Ollie Hawkins, Danny Johnson being on the bench, we picked the team to win the game. And I thought we had enough out there to win it tonight. James Perch, uh, can't risk him, purely and simply. He's our best centre-half and, we, you know, we're short in that area anyway. Uh, but I thought Steve McLaughlin was <laughs> excellent going back there. Uh, Stephen Quinn got a couple of knocks. Uh, so didn't want to risk him. Uh, and the two strikers played 100 minutes on Saturday. Got fresh legs up there and we wanted to go with the fresh legs and the pace. And I thought Reese Oates especially caused problems all night. I thought Ryan Burke was a bit nervous. He didn't show anywhere near the quality that he has done uh, in the last few weeks of pre-season. Uh, but he'd be better for getting that one out of the way. He showed some good things, but he's got to relax a little bit more. And Ryan Sturk did just uh, as well as he has done uh, in the games he's, he's played a part in so far. You know, in pre-season and, and coming on Saturday. I think he's a, a very, very good player. Stags boss Nigel Clough speaking to iFollow Stags. You can watch that in full by heading to mansfieldtown.net forward slash iFollow where you can get lots of other great, fantastic content uh, on there as well. Uh, more from Nigel Clough, um, of course, is on there. You can find that uh, and have a little look at that. Plenty of content on there as well. We will have another little discussion um during that about the centre-half situation, Alan, and uh, let us know what your thoughts are on this in the comments as well. Please do feel free to, to get involved. Um, we were talking earlier about, you know, Clough potentially looking to bring um, one in. And I think one thing you sort of asked is, you asked me, do you think it will be somebody that is there to push Rawson and to push Perch? Or do you think it'd be some a youngster to make the numbers up? Um I, I don't. I think it'll be somebody that will come in and, and maybe push one of those two down the pecking order. It's clear that Nigel Clough seems James Perch as um, yeah. as his number one centre back, but I just think it will depend on a how much we have to pay because I think if we want to bring in, you know, a commanding centre half, experienced centre half, that's going to cost us money, mm. and b are, if we're able to get it done in time, I think the the whole deal with Tom Naylor suggests where Clough yeah, wanted yeah, to go with yeah, things. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, what do you think, Clive? I'll bring you back in. What's your thoughts um, on the centre-half situation? Would you um, Do you think it would be somebody, if we do manage to get a deal over the line, you know, that looks to um, uh, to, to push the two of Rawson and Perch? Do you think it would be somebody above them or do you think it might end up being a youngster um, just to sort of uh, make the numbers up? I think uh, that decision will be governed by who's available. Um, Naylor was obviously going to be a, um, a marquee signing in terms of a, a defender. And I thought Clough's idea was to build around him. And he must be really disappointed the way it turned out. Um, more, more disappointed the way his agent performed, I think. But we that's gone there. Um, and we move on and try and find someone else. So it really depends whether there's anybody with that sort of experience and stature that is available to us, or whether we just have to find another piece of rising talent. I, I genuinely think it could be the difference, Alan, between pushing for the playoffs and settling for, for top 10. I think over the course of the season, you look at James Perch, 
yes, he's a good experienced pro, but he does have his, his injury worries. And an injury worry plus a suspension for, for one or two more. We're relying heavily on youth there. Um, for me, I, I think it's of the utmost importance. If we have to pay that extra few quid to ensure it's done, I think that could be the difference for us because I'd be worried. And I think uh, Nigel will emphasise that to John, and I'm, I'm sure John and Carolyn, you know, will come at, and David Sharp will come up trumps on that, because you know, uh, we'll agree that the takings there for this league, I think this year, I've never felt so strongly, even when Flickcroft was here, I've never felt so strongly as I do this year that you know it could be the season. Yeah, it, it, I think we've got a good enough squad. I don't want. I personally, we spoke about managing expectations last week. I don't want to put any expectation on them yeah. whatsoever. I just want to sit back and enjoy it and uh, and see what what happens. Because if it's not this year, then it definitely will be next year. Because Clough's longevity suggests that. But yeah. it's that patience. But either way, whether we're going to push or not, Clive, we definitely need to bring another body um, through that door in that area. Someone that can play centre half, maybe can also slot in in central defence and midfield, and, and possibly even cover one of the fullback positions as well. It's absolutely essential. Um, some parts of the the game, we've got plenty of cover. We've got very little cover in terms of centre-backs. I mean, we're looking at the list of players we've got. There's George Cooper sat there, but he, he really hasn't got the, the gravity of, of the sort of play we're looking for at the moment. So I think um, there is somebody up uh, Nigel's sleeve at the moment. It's just a matter of the final negotiations in what's left of the uh, transfer window opportunity. Um, I think there's a deal a bit more or less done. Um, did, did anything? Uh, sorry, Clive. Okay. Did anything? Did anything ever happen with the gentleman that was it? Hamilton Ackes, who Millwall were after as well. Yeah, was I don't know whether he went uh, really quiet. Yeah, Scott Niven was it? I think. Yeah, or something someone like that. Along, yeah. that, along that that uh, that name, I can't quite remember. But um, I don't know whether anything did come of that. No, because um, it went really quiet, end, didn't it? did it? go quiet. Whether it was a rumour mill one or not, but yeah. there's often rumour war, yeah. rumours. <laughs> yeah, we, somebody goes to the training ground, Clive, and sees like a defender. That's it, they've signed, <laughs> yeah. haven't they? That's it, they've, they've signed and sealed. Look at Richard Keir, who was only Richard there for a day, Keir, and he was, yeah. was going to be the marquee signing. Yeah, I keep turning up and see if they'll pick me, but they don't seem to be bothered. <laughs> I don't quite think we're that desperate. I mean, I have... So, you know, you've seen me play, haven't you? <laughs> exactly, absolutely. Mind you, you've also seen me play, so I'm definitely not going to go to the training ground in my boots anytime soon. If we needed a striker, though, this man right here, you know, <laughs> scored at St George's Park. So, what more did, do you yeah. want? Absolutely. I'm just thinking this uh, Mansfield Matters panel is as old as it's ever been. Do you know what? I'm absolutely <laughs> loving this tonight because for the first time, since Simon left, which is probably two series ago now, I am the youngest panellist and I'm the host. It's great. Usually I'm the oldest because it's been Nathan and Cam. So yeah. uh, there we go. Uh, just to reiterate, I've not sacked them. I've not got rid of them. No. Um, Cam, of course, uh, he's got his little little daughter now. Um, he's also you know working hard to, to support her. So he's unavailable uh, tonight, um, which is why we brought Clive in. He did an excellent job for us last week. And Nathan, unfortunately, uh, has got COVID-19, so he's uh, unwell at the moment and unable to join us. But as soon as he's back fighting, uh, we'll have him back on. But although this man's done a superb job tonight, so Nathan, I'm going to say, you know, you need to, to book your ideas. Or... Can, I, can I just say to Nathan, get well soon, mate? Absolutely, yeah. We, we you know, we do re wish you the best and a speedy recovery. You know, maybe we'll add you in as well as Nathan. Who knows? We'll, we'll wait and see. But... Who, who knows what could uh, who knows what could transpire? Uh, certainly a popular man. You were flooding the comments earlier with uh, uh, with questions. Uh, let's turn our attentions then to news elsewhere. Then Clive, this week, um, 
Nigel Clough mentioned it in his post-match press conference on um, on Tuesday night, um, the Under-23s Cup, uh, basically to give the likes of Tyree Sinclair, Jimmy Knowles, um, James Clark a bit of a run out. It's the Premier League Cup, a recognised competition. Um, they entered at the preliminary stage, took on Salford City, and it was a very dramatic game indeed. Richard Cooper was the man behind, um, you know, uh, getting us entered in the competition. And uh, for me, with the amount of young talent we've got, I think it's an absolute fantastic idea um, to get those young players uh, into that competition and playing some competitive football. Uh, yeah, I'd never heard of the competition, but that doesn't mean anything. The um, the reality is, back in my day, we used to have a reserve league, and the players who weren't in the first eleven were certainly playing in the, in the reserves every game, every week. And actually, it was something for the fans to go and watch as well. And I, I think if I have any disappointment about this competition that Richard put his team in, is it's it's behind closed doors, isn't it? Well, it may not be behind closed doors, but it's at a time when nobody can go. So. I think if it's if it's worthwhile, I'd like to think it was open to fans to go and see. Yeah, it'd be good to see the uh, the younger ones coming through, Al, because we've got quite a few good young players coming through. You know, I say young. Jimmy Knowles is is still relatively young. He seems to be in yeah. around the first team for a, for a while. Jason Lord, you know, he's one of the, he's the longest serving player technically, yeah. um, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Tyree Sinclair. Keaton Ward back in, James Clark for me is a fantastic young prospect for, for us as well. We've got a real good nucleus of a, of a young squad. So I think it's great that we've got this this com- competition to, to put them in and, and keep them getting that football. It, is, it can only bring them on, can't it, Craig? You know, uh, Coops has done a really good job sorting it out and obviously getting them this far. And all fair play to Ty Sinclair as well, because he had the, uh, you know, the now to go and take the penalty right at the death yet again. Yeah, he certainly did. Uh, if you don't know what happened on that uh, on that game, by the way, uh, the Stags played Salford City on uh, Wednesday lunchtime uh, at Salford, away at Salford. Uh, and it was uh, a tough game for the Stags. They actually finished with uh, 10 men. It was the qualifying stage. Um, basically, lots of invited clubs of category uh, status. I think it's cap. Uh, two, two and three get to get to join it. Um, you can find out the full details on the website. And uh, the Stags were were winning, um, and then obviously went down to to ten men. And Salford got back in the game. Uh, the Stags then um, you know got a penalty uh, late on again, and uh, drew the they drew it back uh, to two all, I think, and then got a penalty in the last minute. Tyree Sinclair steps up and, and sinks it away before a penalty shootout itself, and uh, sends the Stags. Uh, through so Mansfield are now uh, into the uh, group stage of the Premier League Cup, uh, where they'll face Leeds United under 23s, Sunderland under 23s, and Wigan uh, Athletic under 23s. Um, after a dramatic 3-2 win over Salford under 23s uh, on Wednesday, um, Salford took the lead in the first half through Matt Sargent in the 17th minute, but the Stags responded through James Clark and Jimmy Knowles at the Peninsula Stadium. Uh, the host then equalised late on, but in stoppage time, Tyree Sinclair converted a late penalty to send the Stags through. Uh, The Premier League Cup is a UEFA Champions League style competition with 32 clubs under 23 sides making up the group stage. Uh, Because more than 32 clubs entered this year's competition, there was an extra round of qualifying uh, where the Stags uh, participated in against Salford. Um, Each side in the Premier League Cup is allowed to, to field three 
over age players, so players over the age of 23, as well as a goalkeeper born before the 1st of January 1997. All other players must be under 23. So in a way, Clive, you've sort of got your wish for a reserve team because when you think about it, you've probably got just enough, maybe one or two more than what the rules dictate, but um, it's not far off being a reserve league competition, is it, that one? No, it sounds about right in that respect. I certainly think we should have a reserve team um, back in there. Though. I completely agree with you um, on uh, on that one. Um, the Stags eleven, by the way, for those in, uh, interested, George Shelby, the goalkeeper on loan from uh, Nottingham Forest, Anderson, James Clark, who took the captain's armband, Jaden Charles, another main name we didn't mention earlier as well, uh, Keaton Ward, um, Hill Davis, uh, Jason Law, uh, Jimmy Knowles, Tyree Sinclair, and uh, Nathan Kane, uh, unused subs. Um, Collins, Carter, and no surprise, Alan Marrick Steck, who seems yeah. to be uh, out on. Uh, is it? I think it says a lot yeah. when he's not getting a game in a competition where you can legally play him, according yeah. to the competition rules, but he's just warming the bench. But while COVID was on, you know, where the substitutes were sat mm. just underneath my box, it really is one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one with him, isn't it? I mean, again, it wouldn't surprise me to potentially see us bringing another keeper in, but that's another competition, another conversation uh, for another day. And um, where do you stand on uh, competitions um, like this and reserve team, uh, reserve team games? Would you like to see us enter a reserve team? Yeah, if it's possible, you know, and if if it's not too much, you know, on the uh, running of the club, yes, I would, because I mean, we've done it in the past and they've done reasonably well. Yeah, they certainly have. It's, it's always interesting to to go and watch. And it gives those players, doesn't it, Clive, you know, the opportunity to go out and, you know, really knock on the manager's door and say, um, come on, why aren't you picking me? I performed well in the reserves. I've got two or three goals. I've, you know, I've played 90 minutes. I've been um, consistent. Um, I think sometimes that's almost, all, all, almost better than having a loan spell. It's just a mm. shame that it's just this competition. It'd like, I'd, I'd like to see us have that extra bit of competition, you know, a game every other Wednesday, that sort of thing. Yeah, memory serves me right. The old um, reserve league that we used to play in was regional to cut down on too much travelling. Yes, it was. Uh, and there would be probably 12 teams in it, which gave you 22 games a year, which you could manage that alongside your, main, your, um, your first team activity. Um, I'd, I'd welcome something like that again, but I guess the EFL has got to make a decision around those sorts of things and whether they want it or not. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine too many clubs not wanting to get involved. Um, but... It's, it is what it is, and this competition is an interesting one and now that we, we're in it proper. So uh, I, I just, again, go back to what I said earlier. It'd be nice to think that it's, it's a competition that can be watched in the flesh by the fans if they want to go. Yeah, it'd be nice to get those extra extra ones in, you know, fans through the turnstile, that sort of thing on a on a Wednesday night or whatever, support the club. Because that's, you know, that's really, really what, what's needed um, you know, this season. And that brings me sort of nicely back to, you know, the start of our conversation, which we were having earlier, Alan, and that's, you know, you were fortunate enough to be in the ground last year with, with no fans during the COVID, doing the PA announcing. How did that come about? Because I believe it was a stipulation of the EFL, wasn't it? To, to yeah, have I that continue. So. Yeah, I think it was Mark Stevenson that just said, you know, you need to be there, Alan. You, it, it's your job. You've got to be there. They need a PA announcer. I said, well, obviously I haven't got a problem doing that. And I've got where my box is situated, you know, along the side of the gangplank thing. There's just nobody there at all, apart from the substitutes were there. And funnily enough, on Saturday, when John and Carolyn came through with the boys, 
John shook my hand. He said, nice to see you. Nice to be back, Alan. He says, I've talked to the only one that's actually saw all the football during COVID. It must <laughs> have been well, a, right there, John. It must have been a very surreal situation was, yeah. when you were reading. Does it ever go, did it ever go through your head of, what's the point of this? What am I doing this well, for? No, because it's. I just enjoy doing the job. I was lucky enough to see the football as well, or sometimes unlucky enough, as bad as it was sometimes. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just the way it was. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It was a strange year. But I think there were some other announcers that didn't get to do their job, you know, which I felt quite fortunate, you know, to be able to do it. Yeah, it it, it helped bring a little bit of a sense of uh, the match day feeling to it when you were announcing the substitution. What went through your mind, though, when you saw some of the, the sponsors? It's great to have the player oh, sponsors, no. of course, but it did raise a little ch- chuckle. Um, Billy the Cockapoo, was that was that one of yours, yours Clive, or uh, would you would you go for something a little bit even sillier than Billy the Cockapoo? I don't even remember him, to be quite honest. Uh, the, I'm all in favour of sponsorships, but um, I find it just a little bit tedious, the uh, sponsoring of corners and sponsoring of substitutes, but that's because I'm an old git. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm, 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 anybody who wants to play games with it is welcome to do it from my point of view. Uh, I, I also think it's sometimes just a little bit uh, uh, strange that sponsorships can be construed to be slightly uh, at odds with what the, the sponsored person's doing. It's like the Scottish referees being sponsored by spec savers. You know? <laughs> 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 and, and would I want to be a player sponsored by a funeral director? I'm not so sure, you know. <laughs> well, Stephen Quinn this year is home sponsor, is Billy the Cockpoo. Not his away sponsor, his home sponsor. So we're going to so hear it even more. I would imagine you'll hear that somewhere along the line because. I mean, apart from Bristol Rose, it normally gets about 75 minutes, don't it? 60, 75 minutes. So I would imagine I'll be shouting that a few times. Speaking of dogs, um, the team photo was out this week. God, Clyde, that was hilarious, wasn't it, to see um, Bobby Dog um, on the the team photo. And frustratingly, they've not put that as the official team photo. That's that's a joke. Well, I think uh, that dog carries an awful lot of influence in this squad. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think any players would confess to hating it uh, you know and uh, I, I mean I think it just brings home the family nature of the club which is a really nice thing and it was good to see the chairman and, and his wife and the, and the three boys there as well mm. um, because obviously they're not going to be able to get to every game this season um, in fact I'm surprised the boys weren't on the pic- on the picture as mascots but uh, um I like team photographs. I quite like the idea of having the uh, the non-playing staff on there as well, and obviously the directors. But yeah, why not have the dog on there on the main picture? Why not? Yeah, I mean, it, I think it just says everything about Clough. Now, um, we'll end on this before we jump into the predictions. Obviously, you got to meet him when he was um, a little bit more uh, last year when he was manager. You could talk to him a little bit more freely. What was he like as a person to interact with compared to, to previous managers? Very nice gentleman, always waved, always said hello. And I'll just give you one little story. You know, at the uh, end of the game, we used to talk in front of all the sponsors' signs. Well, just before he'd come out, Mark Stevenson had asked me to go in front of the, you know, to get the height, the sound, yeah. you know, Set everything right. Yeah. yeah. And on the very last match, Nigel came through early as I was stood there. <laughs> and he's looking at me like this and I'm doing all the checks and whatever and standing. And he says, no, you're all right. You carry on. Let you do it. We should have let you do the post-match yeah, interview. Should have let you but do it. really nice gentleman. Really yeah. nice chap. 
Absolutely. Um, question from Roy. Alan, I won't hold you to this answer, but do you think there's a chance this could be uh, the year? And yes, I do know it's a bit early. Yes, I do, Roy. 100%. Clive, what about you? Yeah, I'm in total agreement. I think it could. I think we've just got to keep on earth and eradicate those uh, mistakes. You know, we, we saw that we made a few um, on, on Tuesday night. I think we're better than that. And we can be better than that. And I think for me, I'll be a lot more comfortable in backing that answer and that backing that belief when that centre half yeah, comes in. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the thing. Which, that's what's holding me back at the, uh, a little bit at the minute. I also I, think, fellas, we have to be prepared to accept we're going to lose games in the season. Yeah. And, uh, and there are going to be some disappointing uh, performances along the way. That's the nature of the thing. And, uh, you know, I think Tuff is well capable of dealing with that. I think the players recognise that that's the rough and tumble of the game. My only anxiety is the fans. They don't seem to be able to cope with more than one bad game at a time. No, we don't like more than one bad game at a time. That's 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 very, very true. Uh, hopefully we can do it against Newport on uh, Saturday and then Colchester in midweek, which means it is double prediction time um, for the podcast. Now, um, an organised person would have had the relevant right... There we go, there's a, there's a dog on the stream. What's, what's the dog's name, Clive? Oscar. Oscar the dog. Uh, I would bring Harry in, uh, but he's not met Mr Wilson yet and he will literally jump all over and, and lick your head and, and everything and he will tear this whole set down and we've just about touch wood made it through to the end of the show with no broadcast problems whatsoever broadcasting on three different platforms so we're doing well um as i was saying an organized person uh, would have had all the scores predictions printed out because this year we are doing podcast predictions where you guys at home can get involved and have your say on your team let us know uh, what you think the results are going to be and compete against us guys now like I say, had I been organised, I would have said who's winning in terms of the point scale. Um, this is how it works, though. You predict the score and you give the goal scorers as well, always in Mansfield's favour. You get three points if you get the um, result, um, the the score spot on. So say if you say we're going to win 3-0 and we do win 3-0, you get all three points. You get a point if you say we're going to win 3-0 and we win 2-0. And then if you name the goal scorers, you get plus one point for every single goalkeeper. It is it's more simple than I make it sound, isn't it, Clive? It has to be. <laughs> it really does have to be. I was hoping you're going to talk for a little bit longer there, so I could uh, <laughs> have a drink of my tea, but there you go. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so it is podcast prediction time. Uh, we'll put the link on for you guys to get involved um, after the show. Uh, we'll put it on there with all the graphic. Um, so, Clive, uh, it's your turn uh, to predict first. Um uh, I did have a bit of paper somewhere. This is how unprepared I am. I have a little conversation whilst I find some paper to write this down. <laughs> Craig, I'll write it down. Well. <laughs> well, what are your predictions then, Clive? Well, I've um, had a quick word with Oscar. Um, right. He's telling me that it's going to be a tight game. Newport yeah. have won both their away games 1-0. <laughs> yeah. So um, I suspect they're going to score against us. So being more positive than normal, I'm going to say we're going to win 2-1. Uh, you just took my score, Clive. And it's going to be Johnson. You are allowed the same score. That is absolutely fine. It's going to be Johnson and Lapsley. You did realise though that you've got to go through that all over again for uh, for my benefit, so I can write it down. Uh, Stags against Newport, then Clive. What are you going to go for? Um, This is this is Oscar's prediction: a two-one win with Johnson. 
Go on, Andy. Yeah, two one. Johnson and Lapsley. Did you not say that last week? I did. <laughs> going for the same one every single week. Uh, Alan, what are you going to go for for the Newport I, game? I agree with the 2-1 scoreline because it's usually tied against Newport yeah. one way or the other. And I fancy Johnson to bag a brace. So Johnson times two. Um, I am going to back us to get a our first clean seat of the season. Oh, Am I, am I though? Because Kevin Ellison will always pop up, won't he? Um, no. I'm going to go at 3-1 and be a bit more ambitious. I'm not yeah. going to go a clean sweep across the board. Um, I think uh, that uh, Hawkins is going to score again, and I agree with uh, I agree with you. I think uh, Johnson's going to get to get a brace um, and then get taken off as he's on a hat trick and have a spat with Nigel Clough. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Comedy value. Um, as always, you can let us know um, your predictions. Paul says one-one on Saturday for him. Uh, if you want to get involved in the actual game and play along um, and have. Potential to win a, uh, a prize at the end of the season. We're going to be giving out lots more prizes uh, along the way, probably a mug or a T-shirt, that sort of thing. As I said before, we'll put the link on there for you. Uh, let's go for Colchester then midweek. After we've navigated their complex ticketing system, Clive, what are you going to go for in terms of uh, result? First away game of the season, uh, of course, down to Essex. We're going to sneak this one 1-0. One goal scorer? McLaughlin. Oh, Stevie Mack, okay. Must be a free kick then. Yeah, possibly. Uh, Alan, what are you going to go for? Colchester 2, Mansfield 2. Oh, two all draw, yeah. Yeah. And I fancy Hawkins. Yeah. And I fancy Lapsley. Hawkins and Lapsley. Um, am I going to continue my thing of always putting down a win? I think we'll probably win on Saturday, but I think we'll draw midweek. I think it'll be a one all draw, and I'm going to bag. Uh, I'm going to back uh, Sinclair to score. Oh. He's going to come off the bench and he's yeah. going to put a uh, he's going to put one into Free the uh, top, top corner. corner. Absolutely. Uh, that's almost all we've got time for, uh, Mr. Wilson. Thank you very much uh, for getting My involved. Pleasure, Craig. Uh, it's been great to have you. Uh, alongside us as always keep your predictions coming in on our prediction game we'll put the link on uh, after um afterwards um clive no doubt we will speak again on sunday in the uh, the sunday sermon as we uh, re- reflect on all things uh, mansfield town um well I'll see, I'll see both of you on saturday anyway you will indeed um Aeroplane flying over, got the windows open, aeroplane flying over. Obviously, they want to get involved in the podcast and say hello. Uh, Pleasure having you alongside us, um, as always. We will speak to you uh, on Saturday and we'll speak to you on Sunday as well. Uh, My thanks uh, to you uh, and my thanks to you at home um, for watching and commenting along as well. Really appreciate um, you getting involved, as always. Glad the new broadcast software has worked for us as well. Uh, That, though, is all that we've got time for in, um, in today's show. The Stags next in action then on Saturday as they head for Newport uh, County at the Wonkall Stadium. Old enemy, of course, old adversaries. Always a good game against Newport, but will the Stags come out on top? We'll wait and see. Then on Tuesday night, it's a trip to Colchester. First away game of the season. Can the Stags get a result there and bring some points home. Let's certainly hope so. Whatever you do, get yourself to the One Course Stadium and back the boys on Saturday. I've been Craig Priest alongside me, Alan Wilson and Clive Parkin. We'll see you on Sunday for the Sunday Sermon and next Thursday as well. Lots of games coming thick and fast. And boy, do we love it. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Good night. Good night.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.